Last year, our Specialized Enforcement Bureau, through our Guns and Gangs Unit, commenced an investigation into individuals suspected to be part of a criminal organization involved in drug trafficking in Peel and in the greater Toronto area. As a result of that investigation, I'm very pleased to announce that we have recovered over $12 million. That's 90 kilograms of a variety of drugs, particularly synthetic opiates. We'll take this win. Take them when we got them. That was Peel Police uh, announcing Project Warrior. This is a $12 million drug bust, as you heard, that got uh, a massive amount of drugs off our streets. And this latest drug ring operated, as many of them do, in the GTHA area. But it said that it had enough fentanyl in it to kill the entire population of Toronto. So it is a big win for the community as we face this opiate crisis. But sadly, we all know that more drugs will fill this void until we get you know, ways to stop the drugs coming in from places like China. It's just going to keep flowing on in. But it's certainly a timely announcement because it comes just on the eve of International Overdose Awareness Day. And, you know, this is a crisis that has been building for a long, long time. And advocates and those trying to get help for uh, addiction uh, addicts and, and trying to fight for this, they have been screaming at every level of government to declare this in an emergency to make this a priority. And it just, for whatever reason, it keeps falling to the back burner. But you look at the numbers, just in Toronto alone since 2015, 2430 people have died just from a drug overdose. Harsit Patel is a clinical pharmacist over at Hamilton's Health Centre. He joins us now, Health Sciences Centre. Great to have you. Thank you. It's, um, you would think by now, you know, in 2022, we would start to be able to get ahead of this. And every time I see a headline, it seems that the opiate crisis gets worse. Am I imagining this? No, you're not imagining it at all. I, I think if you look at the numbers of deaths alone, in 2019, we were at 106. That's Hamilton-specific numbers. And then 2022, we were at 127. So that was a 20% increase from year over year. If you look at last year, we were at 166, a 30% increase. If you trend those numbers to this year and the rate that we're going at, we're looking at 220. That's almost a 100% increase in three years in deaths alone in Hamilton. And Hamilton, uh, along with Peel and Toronto, kind of are the hotbeds along with Ottawa for opioid-related deaths in Ontario. Uh, We kind of represent a a large proportion of those deaths within Ontario. Yeah, I think the thinking around this has changed a lot. I know I've certainly evolved in in, a, in in my thinking around this. I mean, I think most people are now coming around to the fact that this is not just drug addicts. These are, um, I get heartbreaking, and I'm sure you also hear about them, Hurst. It is, I get heartbreaking letters from listeners. I mean, I, Steve's daughter, Ginny, uh, you know, died of an overdose. I get letters from people. These are not drug addicts. These are everyday people, uh, sisters, brothers. It could be the businessman. It could be anybody who just happens to either take something get addicted or they take something that that had fentanyl in it and they became a statistic so it hits almost every demographic uh, across the board it's not opiates don't just have one victim a hundred percent in my practice I've seen it in the pediatrics population the adult population and yeah. the senior population it, it's anyone who kind of has access to opioids either prescribed or not prescribed and and it's not just an illicit drug use problem if you look at all opioid poisonings 96 percent of those are accidental and now one third of those of the of those cases are patients who have 
prescriptions for pain medications. So it's not just someone using street drugs. Uh, one third is related to opioid prescriptions uh, at death. Yeah. Um, so how do we get our head around? I mean, the conversation so far always seems to be about safe injection sites and then legalizing drugs. But the conversation, I don't think, moves fast enough to putting that away and actually getting rehabilitation. Like, we've got to free people from these addictions. It, it seems to me more cruel to allow uh, people just to fester in something that will ultimately, I think, kill them. Um, and, and so how do we get the conversation moving in a direction of we've got to get more supports to actually clean people up and free them from this death group? Yeah, it, it, you're 100% right. Access to support services for people who have drugs, uh, drug and, and uh, related issues is paramount. Uh, without those supports, I think we're going to continue to see the number of deaths uh, increase related to opioids. Um, we're seeing more people use substances uh, as a way to cope with the stress of life. And life has gotten mm -hmm. very stressful in the last two and a half years, right? And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people are using opioids as a way to escape. Um, and knowing this, I think one thing that others can do to help is, is have access to, to reversal agents like naloxone. Um, that's, uh, I think, one part of a solution. Uh, certainly having access to those uh, support services to get them clean is, a, is another. How hard is it? I mean, um, I mean, I, I don't know if they're teaching it the proper way in the schools. I don't know what you're seeing. Are we seeing newer trends coming in? I mean, is it is at least the message? People are aware of it. We're aware of it in this country. We do talk about it. But, uh, you know, I don't really know what the three levels of government are, are, are doing. I'm not sure there's enough urgency on, on the levels of government to deal with it. But the conversations out there, is it getting better? Is it sinking in? I, th I think access to health care, we've all seen it, has gone down. Uh, and that is, is also the case in opioid addiction and addictions as, as a whole in mental health. So that access to those support services are harder and harder to get to. And there's wait lists for that. And, and that is adding to the issue. Um, if, if you look at family doctor access, it's low. And yeah, if yeah, you look at addiction services, that's, that's hard to get as well. And, and unfortunately, if, if you wait long enough, someone's going to be in a, in a crisis. Yeah. And when you need a doctor, it's generally when you're in crisis and you can't get to the doctor uh, in time. You need you need a, a naloxone kit or whatever uh, to save your life. But that that is a huge problem, uh, especially following the pandemic is access to doctors at all. If you are lucky enough to have one is virtually impossible now. And, and we've gone to everything online, uh, but we've got to get back to being able to get access, um, you know, to the basics. And we just can't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there, is there, let me, let me ask you this, Harset, before, is there a role then for the pharmaceutical industry here where you, where you could step in and become, um, play a greater role? Uh, there certainly is. Now, if you went to your local pharmacy, you could get a naloxone kit. Now, naloxone is a drug that reverses the effects of yeah. an opioid poisoning very quickly. Uh, that, kit, the Narcan kit, which is the nasal kit or the injectable kit, is available to any Ontarian uh, free of charge. You just have to go to the pharmacy or go to a public health unit and ask for it. If you're uncomfortable with how to use it, well, guess what? It doesn't just come with the drug. It comes with education from the pharmacist on how to use it, how to identify those signs of an opioid overdose. And the great thing about 
using it or or having access to it is if a patient is unconscious, they're not going to tell you what they overdosed on. And if you use Narcan or Naloxone and they didn't need it, you're not going to do any harm. But if they did need right. it, guess what? They're going to start breathing again. And, and that's what we want to see. We want to see ambulances come to patients who are still breathing and taking them to the eMERGE. And without having timely access to these kits, I think uh, we're, we're looking at higher and higher rates of deaths. So on a day like today, which I think people often ignore because there are just so many days and, and so many causes of a day, what is the one big takeaway you would want someone uh, to, to take away today? Yeah, I think on Overdose Awareness Day, it's a timely reason to shed light on on the need to take proactive steps to tackle the mounting accidental opioid poisonings in our communities. Having harm reduction resources readily available to people in our areas can be difficult, uh, but having access to these kits uh, arms everyone with with the tools necessary to to act fast. Uh, it'll educate people on what an overdose looks like, and and it provides people with with something to do in, in case they find someone unresponsive. Uh, num- I, I also work as a pharmacist in, in the community, and uh, in this week alone, I've, I've given out over a dozen kits, and, and they've been to bartenders, they've been to volunteer firefighters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the illicit drug user. A lot of times, it's family wanting to send off the, their, their child to university and college with yeah. a kid, knowing that, you know, there's risk with with that as well. We're not just seeing it in a certain marginalized yeah. part of society. It, it's everyone from the professional to, to, to the street person, everyone. Yeah, no question about it. Appreciate your time on this. Thanks so much. Thanks you for having me. That's uh, Harsit Patel, who is a clinical pharmacist at Hamilton's Health Center Sciences. It's true. Um, you know, you, you look at the kids and you, and you think, you know, you're sending them off to school. I just told my nephews, I'm like, I know you're going to try stuff. You might want to experiment. Just don't try. Like, you just don't know where the street drugs come from. You don't know who is selling them. You don't know what it's been cut with. doesn't take a lot of fentanyl to kill you. Um, and again, it's just... Uh, it's just, it's not like in, in the days of the 80s and 90s where you could pop something and, and it's just a different, different, different kind of drug world. It's just much more uh, dangerous than even before.